Yep. Here in, uh, I'd say, southwest Colorado, kind of a, kind of more south-central Colorado, I'd say. That's probably a good way to, to yeah. put it. Yeah, about, um, I think we're, we're probably about, as the crow flies, 15 miles southeast of Gunnison. Okay. Probably. probably. It, feels, it feels like a world away out here. This place is off-grid. <laughs> That's off. putting that's putting it lightly. That's putting it lightly. It's it's hard to actually find visually where other people are living. Um, we can probably see in all directions, most directions. You know, anywhere from fifteen to fifty miles. Um, yeah, and we're up so high on this on this ridge, and uh, the views are just so expansive. It's it's pretty impressive. So I, I think uh, I think we are at nine thousand um, nine thousand feet that, right now. Yeah, cool Golden ridge. So so for the audience out there, we're we're at this off grid, pretty much compound. I would I would say, with this view from the deck that is this three hundred degree view. It, it almost goes all the way around the entire prop or entire house, and uh, there's a cabin portion on the front, and has some living quarters space and like full kitchen and all that stuff. And then in the back, there's a there's a big old shop that you can pull RVs into and all that stuff, and it's got tons of tools and everything else. So, pretty stoked to uh, to be here, and we're actually uh, brings up the the winter plans of what's going on. Mine mine have certainly changed. Yeah, the this this compounds is is likely part of the of the winter plan. Um, I've been going back and forth about how much time to spend up here, but it's it's a Five thousand, four thousand, five thousand square foot piece of piece of property, and um, the, and on like hundred acres, is that right? Yeah, hundred and three acres. Yeah, and the the owner is interested in he he just purchased it and is interested in in upgrading and uh, bringing everything up to speed. So there's there's work opportunities here, but there's the the reality of my 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 first my first thought coming here was this is a hell of a defensible position because <laughs> you're up on a ridge and you can you can pretty much see anything coming from miles and miles away and uh my second thought was this is the kind of place where the shining <laughs> occurs <laughs> i could go with loco up here yeah because you're you're really really remote and with winter coming it, it's just a reality that you're gonna you're gonna need some special equipment and special skills to be able to get by up yeah. here well I and mean, speaking of special equipment just to get out here in the winter time it's going to be what a six and a half mile snowmobile. Yep, that's... because the roads aren't serviced out here, and this is this is Gunnison County. It snows like crazy out here. I mean, it's <clears throat> it's feet and feet and feet of snow. So and tundra and like negative temperatures and like blowing wind and blinding wind. Actually, yeah. So I think navigating out here in the wintertime, if you're in a snowstorm, it's going to be pretty difficult. But it's part of the challenge. And uh, up here at the ranch itself, it's got there's there's quite a bit of. Uh, um, energy being produced, whether it's through solar or generators, and um, then also there's boilers now. I guess there's a new. He's got a wood fire stove, um, and it, it's I, I don't know the exact specs on it, but I, as far as I understand it, it's it's unique in that it gasifies the. the it's a combustion process that gasifies what it burns so it slow burns mm-hmm. and then 
it does it in such a way that it it turns it's a very very efficient process that ultimately gasifies the wood um to make it just a very very efficient process so there's yeah like you said there's generators wood fire wood fired boilers um and and then you do have solar um and it'll it'll be interesting to see how how it's all put together to um make it a comfortable place in the in the winter well i think the owner had the right that the right idea to uh if you're gonna live off grid in gunnison county you know this is a good 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 project for it and uh, the the bones were here like you had said the the infrastructure of the of the property itself it's like the huge shop you know the wood stoves the the generators there's two generators not just one so if one generator goes out you're good there's solar big old battery bank um all the heating is radiant heating so it's like you know this place is really set up if you wanted to hunker down all winter you could absolutely yeah Yeah, it's just if you have the mental fortitude i think that's the big one yeah Yeah. because it's it's a real it's a real thing when you're people romanticize being off the grid and being away from society but it's a different it's a different ball game when you're actually snowed in and And you're um, solo yeah you're solo and um it's it's just a different ball game when you're yeah when you're when you're doing that kind of life. Well, it's it's kind of funny. I was talking to a friend of mine last year uh, at winter time, and I was like, "Hey man, what's up?" And he's like, "I just try not to be an alcoholic during the winter time." And it, and that's true because you know you sit there and you're like, "Okay, the sun goes down." I start getting shadows at three thirty in the afternoon. Sun's down by five. Okay, if you don't have television, internet, or any sort of way to keep yourself company, but there's a bottle of whiskey that you have for a rainy day when maybe you've got a sore throat and you want to make a hot toddy at night, well, suddenly a bottle of whiskey has gone, you know? And it's like that can happen on a regular basis. So you're right about the mental fortitude. Like you have to keep yourself in check during the wintertime. It's much more than just riding out cold weather. You know, it's the, the being alone with your thoughts on an extremely, um, lo- much longer basis than you do in the summertime because the summertime the sun goes down at what nine, nine o'clock at you know at the at, at the longest right, days right so then you're in bed by 9 30 or 10 so you're really you're not you're not sitting alone in the dark and then the thing about being in the cold too it can be isolating in the fact that you may not be able to go out in your snowmobile and run into town so if it's negative 20 yeah and the wind is blowing yeah you're not going anywhere no yeah no so it's like you got to take that into consideration as well but I, I think you stock up on enough food and you have enough resources available and then the shop is great because that would keep me busy. I'd be in there tinkering with stuff. I'd probably build like crazy stuff by the end of the year. And I would be crazy, but, you know, just in a good way, not in a shiny way. Right. And uh, that would keep me keep me going. But there's only so many things you can do, like after a while. And you still need – you're going to need materials for your for your projects. You know, you need to make it a certain, certain way through your project and, and – stuff's going to break. New ideas are going to come along. Um, yep. so, but it's, it's, um, I think the, the word that just came to me, me in thinking about this, it's going to be monastic to, you know, it's going to be like you're at a monastery, you know, up on, and <laughs> put, it, put in the time. It, it sounds funny, but like when we're looking out and looking around us and there's nothing in any direction that resembles, civilization and and once the winter comes that's it's going to be like a monetary here uh, a monastery here and um, it's going to be incredible looking out so that like the views that we're looking out on right now it's uh it's like these rolling hills 
and they, it goes up from kind of like a scrub brush alpine that's at eight to 9,000 feet up into full-on forest with aspen trees and, and pine trees and all that stuff. And, and the views in literally in every direction you can see for like, like Craig was saying, five to 50 miles. It's, it's insane. It's just, it's so wide open up here. And, uh, I, what I think about in the wintertime is when the snow hits, it's going to just look like a sea of uh, rolling hills of white, which is going to be really cool. Absolutely. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to checking that out. So, yeah. So when we're thinking about, um, making, making winter plans and what have you, I, I am interested in, um, helping out here and, and experiencing what it's here. And it's going to be a blast having to park your car, <laughs> your park your truck, and then jump on a snowmobile and, yeah. and make your way out here or snowcat or whatever it's going to be. Um, that's absolutely going to be a great adventure. But I, I think that there's going to need to be um, a, a rotation, a migration of sorts where there's going to be a period of time spent here and then I'm, I'm going to be looking to spend time in other areas and certainly be socializing and interacting um, because I'm not, um, it's just not where I am in my life where I want to be that isolated. Um, So it's going to, it's going to blend into a few different um, activities for the winter. Nice. Yeah. And I've had some changes in my plans too. Um, Originally was going to be in the cabin, but I think I mentioned on the podcast just recently What's up, Sarah? She just got up from her nap. Mm. I think I mentioned on a podcast recently that um, those plans have changed, and so I decided to become more mobile again. I was in Buena Vista for the last three and a half years, and I just decided I'm like, you know, I when I started this lifestyle, I didn't want to I didn't want to set down roots, and I was setting down roots there. And not that I'm uh, you know against that, but it's like the whole the whole idea of living nomadically is like going to different areas all the time and experiencing that inspiration that you get from the travel and just the uh the journey itself without really a destination you know i mean you've got destinations along the way but there's no final destination you just keep on going like that's what that's what excites me and and i i got out of that and it affected my attitude and this past summer you know like some stuff happened in bv that wasn't very cool and i just got negative about it and everything and i thought you know i don't need to be here Uh, i you know it's a nice town and everything but I don't know what anything. And I've done three years of picking up trash out there, you know, full time out in the back country and all that stuff and I'm making it a better place. And it's time for me to move on and continue that like nomadic lifestyle that I love so much. And so, uh, this past week I had an opportunity to head out to the Western slope and hang out with some friends in the McGinnis Canyon area. And it's just this great, huge, huge national conservation area on the Western slope. And, uh, you go back in there and there's excellent hiking there's it's really rugged and all that stuff it's hard to it's kind of hard to get back in there you need to have a vehicle that's capable and stuff which and is good yeah which is great it, it, it keeps the folks away um but also some folks get stuck i saw a guy stuck in the sand out there i was like oh dude i'm sorry <laughs> got out helped a little bit but uh you know i was out there and it was great because I, I i felt that nomadic spirit again it's like i just i just on a whim i was like eh, i'm over bv and just left and, and and it felt great to be able to, you know, living like a minimalist and not having many, much much in the way of possessions and having that flexibility to just pack up in five minutes and go, you know what, I feel like going to Utah. And you just go to Utah. Yeah. That is so empowering. And it's just like, it's, it makes life exciting. And I was, I had missed that for a while. I agree. And I, I having watched you over the last few years, I, I think it's, it's been interesting for me, um, on the one hand, 
seeing you build uh, a few organizations in an act in, in a level of activity, um, whether it was core or your volunteer activity, mm-hmm. um, and being uh, there, there, there was a genuine admiration for what you were doing. But on the other hand, I there there was a um, a sense of self satisfaction that. I wasn't tied down. Yeah. You, you had. I was getting tied down. Yeah, it sucked. You had your regular meetings that you had to go to. You, yeah. you were like, I, I was able to get down to um, the Overland Expo, for yeah. example. And I remember that you had some sort of forest national forest meeting um, yeah. that you had to go to. So you, you had to bail out on going to that. So I, yeah, I mean, there's trade offs. Yeah, in hindsight, 2020, of course, I would have gone had I known. Right. You know, but. Uh, I, I noticed that in, in, in myself as well. It's like I'm getting back into the corporate bullshit. Like even though it was trail work and all that stuff, it was still meetings. It was the, it was the you know, just the day-to-day crap. And it's like I don't want that. I want to create content full-time. That's it. Yeah. That's what I want to do. And I want to, I want to spread like how to um, follow your heart so that, you, that people can also experience the same satisfaction in life. You know, they don't have to travel full-time. And it's certainly not for everybody. Yeah, you know, um, I tell people like, I think truck camping is uh, what's up? What's it? Yeah, my, I think my dog is either number one wanting food, or he needs to go take care of business. Here, let's, so let's, we, we let's might pause, have to pause right now. Yeah, yeah. let's pause. We'll, we'll, we'll be right back. <laughs> All right, we're back now. Now that my my dog is being. T- <laughs> Sedated, hopefully going into food coma at this point. <laughs> That's funny, yeah. You got Sierra eating too, so hopefully they'll they'll be preoccupied for a little while. Uh, yeah, but back to what we were talking about, I, I definitely felt like I was getting back in the corporate world, and it bothered me because I, I started getting those sleepless nights again and started having um, work situations that were uncomfortable uh, and just, just the stuff that goes with corporate and working politics and bullshit. You know, and I, that's not, I didn't want that. So. Yeah, I, I, and like we were talking earlier this morning, it's not even like when when I refer to corporate bullshit and, and what have you. There, there's a um, there's a challenge that comes from working with different organizations, and in in I, 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 it's hard to I'm I'm trying to figure out the best way to describe this because there's there's one thought process on a corporation or a business entity. And I, I, I like the independence and the use of that as a tool. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that that's, that's like a neutral thing. And, but the challenge for me comes from when you have um, larger groups trying to coordinate, everybody has in a different agenda. Mm-hmm. You, you, reach a certain level of activity and influence where politics naturally comes into play. And that's, and, and the, the entity takes on a life of its own and that's where it becomes challenging for me. And so I, you know, in, in watching you having to navigate where you've got your partnership with your partner and then you have relationships with the U S um, national forest service, mm-hmm. Um, and different town and county groups. Yeah. Um, that, and, it, and it was like becoming like, uh, hey, let's go to this meeting. Hey, let's go to that meeting. I'm like, no, this isn't what I signed up for. Yeah. You know, I want to be on the trails full time just doing that trail work. Right. And that's what I did every day. I was out there all the time. So, 
Um, but I think that that's, that's something that's going to be in the past. Like I was saying, you know, in the last podcast, my back or the two podcasts, I got my back injury is to the point now, you know, we'll see what the MRI says in a couple of weeks, but, um, if any, if it, if the pain level is any indication, it's that I'm done with trail work. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that, you know, there's an evolution when you, when, when, when we get into transitioning from, for lack of a better phrase, a, a traditional lifestyle where you have a job, you have a house and you're, you're commuting. And, and, um, when you shift into this lifestyle, it's, it's much more, um, free flow, right? Mm-hmm. You're, we're, we're, we're adapting and changing on a, on a regular basis to new conditions. Yeah. I've always thought of it as very much like water. It's fluid. It's yeah. like you kind of go whichever direction that it's taking you. And, and what, what we, what we've been talking about and, and the direction that we seem to be heading in is, is a much more, um, nimble, adaptive, flexible way of, of doing things. So whether, and, and that, that's one of the reasons why I got my CDL mm-hmm. was to kind of put a tool in my toolbox where yeah. I can do different activities. And I've been watching you do your, mm-hmm. Um, your your video development mm-hmm. and your blogging and even this podcasting activity where mm-hmm. the, these are kinds of things that that one can do anywhere yeah. and on a very very small scale on a you know n equals one you're like you're you're your own little individual yeah it was it was interesting when I was out <clears throat> excuse me and when I was out in McGinnis Canyon I interviewed my friend Marion mm-hmm. you know she's she goes out she's a female does the solo adventuring does the truck camping all that stuff. And, uh, it was interesting. Like I got in the back of my truck and it had it not been for a, a software malfunction. It's like the audio was great when it first started out. And then it was a little bit of a, a hiss towards the end. And I, I never really figured out how to make that completely go away, but I'll, you know, with, through editing, I'll figure it out, but it was cool to be able to record it back there and then also record a video for YouTube and edit it and put that together and then upload both of them from the back country. Cause I, I upgraded my cell phone plan to unlimited and then, AT&T has this new plan where it's 75 bucks a month, unlimited on your phone. And then when it comes to um, the wireless or a hotspot, it's uh, 10, 10 gigs. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, you know, the videos I'm doing for YouTube are like 700 megs. So I could upload two or three of those, upload countless podcasts because those are like 100 meg or less. Right. And I, thought, I started thinking, I'm like, okay, this allows me the freedom to, to be back here again. And it kind of it had a way of breathing new life into my zest or my desire for for the for traveling full-time because i i kind of lost that when i was when i was doing all those corporate things and it wasn't corporate it was small scale but it was still business that was required structure that required me to be in certain places at certain times so i couldn't just freestyle every day right yeah and i, I want to just freestyle every day it's like <laughs> i mean who doesn't you know it's just uh, it's fucking awesome <laughs> well some people like the routine and they like that's the stability and, and what have you but i you know that that's Really, like when we when we're talking about what our winter plans are, the the the, the vision of spending some time here, mm-hmm. and then you know whether it's migrating a little bit to the southwest for a period, and maybe making it up north a little bit. Um, I'm a big skier, um, so incorporating some of that on activities, mm-hmm. um, and and really focusing on my own personal development of skills and services and products that allow me to 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 do this kind of migration where it's it's location independent kind of mm-hmm. of work and subsistence and um that's 
that's a huge challenge to, to try to figure out how to do it, but it's yeah. one that I welcome. And, and like we talked the last time, um, I, I choose that over, uh, gosh, I just cringe at the thought of getting, you know, if I, if I were to get back into like any kind of, um, job where, where I was with the government on a regular basis or, you know, with any larger corporation where I'd mm-hmm. have to go in on a, on a regular basis. I, I cringe at that, at that thought. I mean, that's prison to me. Yeah, me too. Really, really prison and, to and, me. The, and the thing about it, we, I want to point out, we were talking about this this morning. It's like, just because we're anti corporate structure doesn't mean we're anti business. It's like, we don't, we, we're not preaching, um, you know, anarchy or anything like that. Uh, I think both Craig and myself, we just realized that the way that we're programmed, that we would be much better suited not being in that environment, uh, and that way we're more productive in life. Because it's like when I when I was in the corporate world, I was productive in the in in my job, but I wasn't productive in my life. Mm-hmm. And there's two, I think there's two separate things there. And it's like I wanted those to be in conjunction with one another. And, and for me, that's why truck camping is such a perfect fit. It gives me that freedom to, to like what I call freestyle every day. Yeah. And then it's brought about new revenue streams that I hadn't considered before. Cause I thought that once I hit the road, I really thought I'll, Hey, I'll be on the road for a year and then I'll get a job in a mountain town and settle down. But then I realized I'm like, well, there's other ways to make money. Granted, there's some months that I do much better at than others. So it's still a moving target. But the fact that I have hit the target a couple times gives me confidence that I can continue to hit that target in the future. Absolutely. And, and I think also, you know, when you look at, at living like this, I think some people think like, oh, I've got to, I've got to save up like a million bucks so I've got, you know, funds for the rest of my life. You don't really need that. I mean, you could work along the way. I, I was doing landscaping for the last couple of years in Buena Vista on my off time when I wasn't out doing trail stuff. And that helped to pay the bills. And then... The YouTube uh, stuff that I do, you know, you get paid from that if you want to monetize those things. And I've had some side jobs come along of working with different brands and things of that nature. And those are paying gigs, which always feels great. So, um, you know, you, you can do it as you as you figure it out when you go along. And you, you don't have to fall back on, you know, the, the corporate structure. So. Yeah, I, I agree. And uh, it just the, the creativity, mm-hmm. the opportunity to be creative and, and like you say, freestyling it, I, that, that's the kind of stuff that I'm drawn. Yeah. My, my dog might be spazzing in a way. Maybe maybe you go get your dog okay. now and then I'll... Yeah. yeah, we'll pause again real quick. Be right back. Got how opportunistic he is. Yeah, right. <laughs> there's, there's food in a five-mile radius. He will go through any conditions to get it. He will eat it all, puke it, and then eat it all again. Seriously. Oh, little piggy. Yeah. So, anyway, so I, back to what we were talking about. I'm just glad that I didn't um, – I'm, I'm glad for my newfound freedom again. I guess I'll just put it like that. Yeah. I, 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 it's um, – yeah, the, 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 the opportunity to, to, to really express oneself creatively, I, mm-hmm. I think, is um, – enhanced by, by by being solo well and and I, I think that once i committed to being all in it's like i i uh, notified the people that i did work for on a regular basis at Buda vista it's like hey you know my back is bothering me i would rather give it a shot 100 percent on these endeavors as opposed to wrecking my back and maybe in the next year or two um and doing damage that would be permanent instead yeah. of uh instead of scaling that back and just living you know a, a healthier uh, lifestyle. I'm going to get into yoga a lot more. Mm. Really do that for my back. Obviously, the MRI is going to paint a clear picture as to what's wrong. But it does feel like there's a couple of sections in my back that are 
now messed up that above and beyond just that ruptured disc area. So, mm. you know, that'll determine what, what happens and you know, let's go from there. Yeah. Now I have a, a, a random question for you and it kind of connects into, into things, but like, is there someone out there right now that you're following that, that, that kind of gives you the path as to what, how you want to do things and how to move forward? Like who, who mm-hmm. are your, yeah, not necessarily idols or what have you. But like, like but a, I'd look like up a, to like a mentor or something. Yeah. Would you, do you yeah. have anybody like that? Yeah. There was one guy that I met a long time ago. His name's Eric Larson. Mm-hmm. He's a, he's a polar explorer mm-hmm. and uh, he's done stuff now. At, at the time when I met him, it was through an app called Yonder and that's actually how I met Marion who mm-hmm. was on the last podcast. <clears throat> and so Eric is this guy from, I think he's from Wisconsin and a Midwestern guy. Mm-hmm. And he's just got like tree trunk legs and lungs for days and can withstand the cold. And he's done, he's the only person I think still that's a, that holds this record. I think he's the only person to ever do this, but he did the North pole and the South pole and Everest all unsupported and without oxygen within 365 days. Wow. And then he actually did the last uh, traverse to the North pole. Cause that's all just sea up there. But the, what's happening with the changes in temperatures and, the multi-year ice up there is being eliminated from the warming of the oceans. Right. And so as a result, you get one year ice and he has these pictures of him going on these cross country skis. And it's like his skis are long enough that he's being held up, but where he's standing, where his feet are, it's actually breaking through and there's 15,000 feet of water underneath them. That's ice cold. And he was talking about it in this book. It was called, uh, on thin ice, I read that. It's really, really a great book. It's it's a quick read, and it, and he just goes through his his mission up there. He went with this guy from I believe the guy was with Delorme at the time, but I think he's with Garmin now. He's getting this guy named Ryan, okay. and they did it together. And when they started out on the North Pole, uh, the most recent North Pole expedition, which they completed, they're the last ones completed. I think it was 2015 or 2014, uh-huh. and no other team has done it since because the ice is so unstable. There was a team afterwards, actually. That was like the pro team from Sweden, and they fell through the ice after a couple miles and died. Wow. And so it's like people are just like, can't do it anymore. But anyway, when, when they started out, they had their hip sleds, you know, because they have these hip sleds that, that they carry all their stuff on, and then they have poles, and they go through with either skins on their, on their cross-country right. skis or with snowshoes if it's an early um, terrain. And so they had their snowshoes starting out because it's all that, like the ice field um, there had buckled up against this one island. Yeah. So you have, to go over the, you have to go over the buckle, which is all these ice it's like something out of like superman movie and then you get back into the flat flat stuff and you can can truck it right well when they started out each of their sleds were like 330 pounds and they're they're pulling because they were doing 100 percent in support no one was dropping them supplies and you just think about that you're like man that is that is gnarly but but i camped with that guy about let's see oh it was right before i hit the road in 2015 it was actually the month before i hit the road and I camped with him, and he just he just kind of gave me some pointers. Like I've always kind of looked to him as a mm. as a uh, I've, come, I've admired from afar. Like oh okay, so that's how you can do that, or how to, that's how you do this, and and the conduct that he's done because it seems like it's a recipe that at least got him to where he's at now. Accompanied with, of course, his immense effort. Yeah, and his, his physical um, attributes that can carry him up Everest and all those things without oxygen and completely unsupported carrying all your own gear. But I would look at that and. Uh, and I would look at what he was doing, and I'm like, okay, it's possible. Like, it's possible to follow your heart and do something extreme. And not that truck camping is that extreme, but I think the duration that we're doing it is, is what's extreme. Yeah. You know, it's like 
I've been on the road now for three, almost three and a half years. It's a long time. Right. And a lot of people that tackle this lifestyle, they'll do it for a year or two. And that's a long time as well. I mean, that's, you know, it's a, it, what, what I thought was like, Hey, I need to just stick it out and go longer than anybody else. And then I'll rise to the top. So that's always been my strategy. So it, sound, it sounds like he's got, he's got a, a, a larger message than just oh, yeah. doing extreme things. Yeah. He's he, got this, he's got this, I think he's, I don't know if he started the foundation or if he's part of it, but it's called Save the Poles. Mm. And it's about the, the you know, bringing to the forefront the actual change in the climate that's going on up there. Yeah. You know, I think that Eric said the first time he did North Pole, it was something like, you know, negative 20 all, all the time. And then he'd get down and warm up to like five and stuff like that. He said that there was a time, and I, and I don't quote me exactly on this, but if I recall correctly from the book, there were days out there this last trip where it was like 50 degrees. It's mm-hmm. never 50 degrees up there. And it was warmer when he was on the North Pole than it was in certain parts of the United States at that time because the United States was getting kind of an Arctic blast. But it was warmer up there. And to think about that, think like, okay, that kind of puts it into context. So, you know, your first year out there, it never gets above 5 or 10 degrees Fahrenheit. And now it's consistently 50 up there. Like, that's mm-hmm. a problem. Mm-hmm. And that's a drastic change within a very short amount of time. Yeah. And so, you know, he's seen it firsthand and he's like, look, people can call bullshit all they want on climate change. He's like, I'm seeing it happen in real life. I've seen it happen real fast. Right. And that it's alarming. And so, you know, a lot of the world's tallest peaks as well. The top parts are glaciers. Well, they're melting. So they're actually decreasing in elevation. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's the thing that's going on. I learned that from a, there's this other gal and I can't remember their name for the life of me. I followed her for a little bit online, but it was cool to see her. She's a big climber Uh from Moab. Uh Uh-huh. And I happened to be over in Ridgeway one evening, and I was at the the Colorado Boy Pizza joint over there. It's like a brewery and stuff. It's incredible food. And um, they're like, oh, yeah, there's this climbing gal next door that's going to talk about, you know, the Himalayas and kind of like melting um, ice capsules and stuff. I was like, oh, okay, cool. I'll go check it out. Yeah. She had amazing pictures, man. She's been all over, like, has been climbing for 20, 30 years and, and like, done stuff all over the world and I happened to just walk upon it and see it and I followed her for a bit and her whole thing was kind of the same as like Eric's you know Eric's mission is save the poles like hey let's just be more mindful about our you know our carbon footprint yeah and hers was a similar message like hey you know because of all these changes the peaks that I've gone up to it's if you go up now you wouldn't be where I was at I was standing 20 feet higher than they are now because they're because the ice is you know is dissipated and it's like you know, we all know that there's there's cyclical climate changes throughout there's history. That's just the way it works. But it certainly does seem like the the human element, you know, is adding to it this this go around. Right. Because you know, if you look at the archaeological record in the past, when there would be you know climate shifts to be over a long period of time. Right. So it's a little bit more gradual, and this one seems different. You know, I mean, people can say what they want, but pollution definitely has an effect. You can look at water as a perfect example. Polluted water usually doesn't have much life. The fish aren't there. The fish are there. They're genetically screwed up and all that stuff. A perfect example is if you go to California, you know, the Los Angeles Bay, it's this huge bay if you look at it on a map. It's a, mm-hmm. you, you can't really see it when you're there because it's so massive. And the reason why you can't see it is because of the pollution in the air. But, uh, but then you go into the bay itself, and I've snorkeled in the bay, and there's nothing. You know, it's just sand, yeah. and then the water's murky because it's polluted and all that stuff. But you go 18 miles offshore to Catalina or to up, up north to the Channel Islands, and you think you're in Hawaii. Because, yeah. like, there's, there's fish everywhere. There's turtles, and, you know, there's dolphins swimming around, and it's, it's crazy. 
you know, and you think, of course, there's an impact. You know, to what to what degree? We're still trying to figure that out. Yeah, know? and it's that's that. I think that a lot of people say that want to talk about how you know it's not true or whatever. The the science man, it they they point to Al Gore. You know, they say, well, a lot of his predictions didn't come true. I'm like, yeah, but you know, that was still new, and he's kind of a sensationalized person anyway. Right. So I wouldn't put a lot of stock in in that. Like him saying, oh, Florida's going to be under 20 feet of water. That's just that's an intention grabber. Right, you exactly. Yeah. And uh, I think we all know that's not true. Yeah. So, you know, there's, um, it's just interesting following those people because they're there. You know, they're not they're not reading about it online. They're not uh, hearing about it secondhand. They're experiencing those things firsthand. And it's an eye-opener to think, like, you know, I've seen it just in the short amount of time that I've been doing trail work, like how areas can get degraded so fast. And it's like, you know, it took how long for that to get, you know, beautiful and and, and you know healthy and like a good ecosystem and all it takes is a couple seasons of overuse and it's gone right like it's not a, it's not an infinite resource and I think for those that think it is they need to readjust their perspective a bit you know so it's I, so going forward you're, so you're you're shifting from hands-on cleanup activity yeah. and uh, you know I've seen your trash cleans up I've, I've seen your um, your work on trail restoration mm-hmm. it sounds like you're shifting into less physical, more, um, uh, for lack of a better mm-hmm. phrase, content development. Yeah. Do you, with an element of awareness in there. Yeah. So yeah. like, I mean, what do you, do you, do you right now have a vision of what it's, what it's going to shift into? How are you going no. to, you know, you, you talk about awareness and whatnot. You're, you're just going to, you're, you're going to find your way, let the road show you the way. Yeah. And, and you know, I actually, I, um, I'm refiling, uh, Colorado Backcountry Adventures, I'm either going to do the B Corp, which uh-huh. is like, that's the same as like Columbia and Patagonia and REI and all them, you know. It's like a company that uh, still is for profit, but it has a social responsibility or an environmental responsibility component to it and operates very much like a nonprofit. Yeah. And so you could get grants for it, even though you're a for profit organization. It's a special designation. Or just go the nonprofit route and then have that component so that if there are opportunities that come up for like, you know, getting on the speaking circuit or whatever it may be, if people want to donate to those causes, then, you know, that could be something they could write off on the taxes and everything. Yeah. And I think to nonprofit, just, it's, it's just a way to be transparent and just, you know, if I'll put the financials out there all the time. Yeah. yeah. Is, this is what came in. This is what we spent on, you know, right. and be honest with people. Like I'm not going to use it to go to like these fun conventions or anything like that. I'll use it to go and actually do real stuff. Right. And show people that the money isn't being foolishly spent because I, I think there is a little bit of a, you know, you hear about it with the, some of the disaster relief agencies. Oh, they don't owe this money and nothing's being done. Right. Yeah. And I don't, yeah. I don't want to be in that spot, but I also don't want to be dependent upon uh, that for my full income. So that's why I've taken on the endeavors of like getting more into content and all that stuff. And I think with this podcast, you know, we could have on some people that are pretty amazing. Like Eric Larson said, he'd like to come on eventually. Cool. I think he's either over in Crested Butte or he's in Nepal right now. So we'll have to. <laughs> it's kind of a, a wide yeah. spectrum. Of he's he's you know, on one side of the earth or the yeah, other. Yeah. That's all right. That narrows it down. Yeah. And then so, uh, but I'll, I'll shoot him an email and see if he's available to come on. And then like, you know, Daniel from Tinkara USA. Yeah. Like he, he and I are trying to line up a time in November to talk, you know, uh, once I get back. And some other people that are heavily involved in their respective areas in the outdoors. And it'd just be cool to have them come on and get their perspective about things. Yeah. You know? Because I, I think that we've seen over the last 
year or past couple of years, and it's 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 definitely cooled down. Is a lot of showboating from the outdoor industry. You know, some of the some of the companies were waiting way too much into politics. I felt as far as having that be their main message as opposed to the full message. Like, yes, politics is a component, but let's have an education component. You know, and those things. Right. And uh, and I, I've, I mean, I still follow all those companies, even though I disagreed with their perspective at the point at that time with the. Because it, it was a money driver, and that was kind of easy to see from a marketing standpoint. Because I love marketing so much, I was looking at that. And I'm like, dude, that's just all it's going to do is drive sales. Like, you're not accomplishing anything. <laughs> it's yeah. just rallying the base. It's it, it is frustrating that opportunism. You know, yeah. I think that that's what, and it's it's hard to tease out at times. And I mean, you and I went back and forth even online. Yep. You know, and, and having some discussions respectfully, think, by the way. Yeah, no, and I, I yeah. think I think you opened up my eyes. And I, I hope that I, I delivered some uh, some other perspectives. Absolutely, like the, like the mining stuff, like all the all the tax breaks. Like I didn't realize all the concessions they get. And yeah. That's because they've been lobbying since the eighteen seventy or well, not lobbying that long. Really, they've been lobbying for like a hundred years or working on their stuff for for that long. So they get all these special concessions because it's an old industry. Yeah, that's been they've been working on political stuff forever. But like the new industry, like the outdoor industry. You know, they have more taxes or they feel like they're having more taxes levied upon them, but it's because they got in the game later. Right. You know, so that's that's no one that's really not anyone's fault. It's not their fault, it's not the mining people's fault, but it's just different. It's good to know those differences. Yeah. Especially when it comes to funding for public land. You know, like we gotta know that quite a bit. Right. And to to realize that, you know, the angling community and the hunting community does pay a lion's share of a lot of the State Wildlife Association management sure. know, costs yep. and stuff like that. Yep. Can, in some states, it's as high as eighty percent of the yep. entire pie. And so, you know, you just look at all these components, and it's it's much more than like, oh, this one thing happened or that one thing happened. There are so many things that go into public land management, and, and I really do feel in working with the Forest Service that they try to do their best. Now, you're going to have some agencies that suck compared to others. That's just reality, and some are going to excel. But uh, you know, it's, it's been a good education over the last three and a half years. And I, you're right. I mean, I'm getting out of it as far as the actual on the ground work because my body won't, won't be able to do it much longer. And I don't want to injure myself to where I can't truck camp at all. So I'm going to step away from it. But then going forward, hopefully, you know, having people on the podcast and exposing people to all sorts of different viewpoints, you know, and, 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 and also good information and people that are on the forefront for their respective, you know, um, Endeavors, I, I think that's going to be a great way to get the word out because you know you, you keep doing these uh, long form discussions and people tune in on that. You know, especially right. during drives and everything, I feel like it's a great way to get a message out there, and you can reach reach a lot of people with uh, with not not that complex of a setup. Yeah, and I, I mean, I think that that's that's what I'm coming to see as my longer term, you know, so I ask you, you know, who do, who do you look up to? And I, I, yeah. I get the Eric Larson thing and I, I certainly get the climate change thing and what have you, but it's, I, I'm, I don't know if you've experienced this, but I certainly have. So I've, um, you know, I, I've, I've taught, we talked about it in a little bit in our last, um, conversation that, you know, I, I definitely have, I lean tree hugger, I lean liberal and all, all that whatnot. But I, I think I've, for whatever reason, I've, I've started to be willing to have conversations more and listen to people more who I disagree with. Like there's a knee jerk reaction that I have that, you know, anybody that is, um, conservative is wrong. There's a, there's a knee jerk reaction, you know? So if there's, uh, uh, if there's, 
uh, discussion about what should be done for public lands or what have you. Mm-hmm. There's, there's a knee-jerk reaction that I have. Well, I'll let the government come in and, and manage that. And I, I have been more willing to have conversations at this point where um, conservative people or others that have different points of view, whether it's ranchers, farmers, um, or, or even those that are interested in, in, in mining and oil and gas development, um, I, I've gained from having an open-minded conversation and dialogue with those individuals. And, and really that I, I, I would like to see more of my activities and more of my effort into um, engaging open-minded conversations that um, being willing to engage someone that disagrees with me at the outset, but at least I can go in and maybe understand their point of view a little yes. bit better and, and hopefully have them understand mine. And so, um, that's I, awesome. Dude. I just, I, I just think that, that, yeah, I think that, um, so climate change, yeah, that, that's stuff that I, I, and I'm interested in, in preservation, land preservation, but I just think that there's, um, you, you, you identified this long form conversation and discussion that it, it does facilitate um, a more complex understanding. Like things are not black and white, right? right. Things are gray. Very and much so. I want to explore that gray area and I want to be willing to um, say, you know what? Like I used to think this, but now I've been open minded. I've, I've something else to think on and yeah. not necessarily that everything has changed for me and I've gone to the other side. Um, but <laughs> the dark that, side, <laughs> yeah, or whatever it is. You know. And I, I just think that that's, that's really where I want to put my energy into. And I getting back to the way that we live now, I, I feel like, like bouncing around from location to location that kind of forces me to be open, more open-minded. So if I'm going from, um, you know, the, the liberal Northeast and now engaging more in, you know, a conservative um, rural America here in the Mountain West. And, and yeah, because it's, it, you it know, forces you. I think some people uh, misunderstand or, or miss, uh, miss kind of kind of misidentify the mountain communities. Like I found that they're very much either libertarian or conservative. Mm. And, uh, then, then the bigger cities, obviously Boulder's Democrat. I, mean, I think the world knows that. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then Denver's pretty much the same way. But then you have these pockets like Northeast Colorado, which is a huge farming community, once again, libertarian, Republican, or conservative. Um, and then one thing, you know, that you said, which really resonates with me, you know, we had a little bit of a break when you were back in Virginia and getting, and also to get your foot taken care of and all that stuff. And so we hadn't hung out for a year and a half, I would say. Yeah, a year, probably years, about a yeah. year. And uh, during that time, I really had a lot of perspective change because of the fact that I stayed open like you have, you know, talking to people and stuff and working with people that were very hardcore liberal. Because I grew up in a very conservative environment. Yeah. But I grew up with parents that told me, like, hey, think what you want. Like, don't, mm. it's not us. Like, it's you. So don't formulate your own opinion. We'll just put it out there. And I, I appreciate that because it gave me an opportunity to, kind of formulate my own views and come to find out that even though I tend to lean conservative in some of my thinking, like, okay, let's kind of think things through. I think that's because of my anxious nature. Mm. And so therefore the anxiety says, well, let's not jump to conclusions. Let's, let's vet this out, you know, and play more of a long process when it comes to like national policy and things like that. Mm. And what I, 
what what I, uh, and then with the leaning conservative, I would have some of the knee jerk knee jerk reaction you would have, like, yeah, oh, that person's a Democrat. They said something they're wrong, but that's not reality, you know. And the, the fact of the matter is, is that being living like this and having to be open, I've worked with a bunch of great people that are that identifies extremely far left. Come to find out, we got a ton of stuff in common. Yeah, you know, and uh, the differences between somebody who grew up in a very let's say liberal environment and somebody who grew up in a very conservative environment, uh, there's still a lot of the same value sets there. You know, they, they, they treat people nice. Like, and I think the, the categorization of, well, that whole class is this, this is bullshit. It's just that identity politics crap. Yeah. And what I've seen, I've, I'm able to have, a, I'm in a unique position because of, I go back to Kansas quite often and that's typically conservative. But then I'm out here, and most of the people that I'm associated with, especially when it comes to land use stuff, tends to be more liberal. Right. And I can tell you that both both parties literally have no idea what the other what the other one's thinking. Yeah. They don't talk. Yeah. And it's like, well, they think this. I'm like, well, that's actually not what they think. And it's and if they would talk, I think they'd realize that they both come from a position that's much more genuine than they than they think. They think like the right thinks. Well, the left's just all fucking communists and. They wanted to come here and take my guns, and I, well, that's not true. I have plenty of people on the left that I know that carry full time, you know? right? So that's <laughs> that's not true. Right. And then on the left, well, every every one of them is a racist bigot, and they're inbred, and all that stuff. that's not true either, right? Know? So it's just uh, like you said, and I think your your future plans for you know making this open dialogue, I think that's fantastic because that's needed. Yeah, and I think it, it like it really like you could. I can boil it down to for myself even further. I, I need I get so much satisfaction out of challenging my own assumptions. Yeah, you know. So and and we've we've gone. You know, we, we've had some really really deep conversations where um, we we we've we've talked about how um, challenging it's been because there's this there's there's an expectation out there or there's this facade that everybody puts up there like my life is awesome yeah you know and like look at me and how how great i'm i'm doing and and life is awesome and you see that all over social media like i i want to break down those walls and and you know we can talk about you can get into that on the 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 political front but i think if you boil it down to even even furthermore um we, we just need to do a better job of challenging our own assumptions and listening to people and, and allowing for, um, you know, a less than perfect, a less than black and white condition, right. Where, um, it's, it's like, it's okay for you and I to disagree and to see things differently, Mm -hmm. but it's, it's really, really important that we listen to each other and, um, at least try to empathize and understand where the other person is coming from. Yeah. And, and that, cause that's, that's missing right now. Like, yeah. People don't understand why people's beliefs are, are the way they are. And, and, and the thing is, is everybody grew up different and your belief system is based on how you grew up. So how are you going to hold somebody accountable for something? It's like, that's what they know. Right. You know, you, you can, and, unless they're just malicious and they want to be weird and assume a bunch of, uh, ideals that they have no uh, perspective on. But that's not typically reality. I mean, if you have a true belief system, it's based on your life experiences. And so you can't be like, well, no, you're wrong. Right. Yeah. It's just that that's not reality. Yeah, no, it needs to. And, and, and again, you come back to the social media stuff and even even just the, the general media 
um, just paints things in such a black and white fashion. Like everything yeah. boils down to a meme. Yeah. And it's so just stupid. so, so it's, it's so stupid and so dumb, but it's so easy to fall into that camp with like in, in that again, when I, when I'm back in Virginia and I'm just cruising around on Facebook or Twitter or whatever it is, it's so easy. It's so natural to fall into that, that one sided, you know, I'm right. You're wrong. Yep. And you know, well, but that's true. Right. I mean, I am right. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, we can, just kidding. you know, we, we go to, uh, you know, www.imright.com. Yeah, exactly. You know, tribute that to Bill Burr. Um, but, uh, that's anyway, I, I think, you know, getting back to my, I, I, do, you, it, do you have folks that you look up to in this regard that are doing this right now? Is there, I, you know, is there I, anybody I think, who's I mean, kind of planted the I look seed? At, I look at someone like Joe Rogan. You know, I mean, like you know, if you just come up with the, the big names. You know, Joe Rogan seems to have conversations with everybody. Yeah, and, and they seem to be pretty authentic. I mean, yeah, I've yeah, and I've you know, like we can trash, we can rightly trash like someone like Alex Jones. Yeah, you know, and but but you know, what's crazy is some of some of this prophetic like weird shit actually came true no, and, that's, and that's when i look at like joe rogan and yeah, the conversation he, like who actually can have a conversation and he doesn't take everything that the dude no, says you can't and you know you <laughs> can't crazy. but again like i i look at, at at joe rogan's ability and willingness to have a conversation with someone who might be fucking bat shit crazy yeah and, and still treat him with respect. And, and, yeah, and, and finding common ground. And I think that that's really what it comes down to is wow. like, and that, that's what that's what drives me crazy about what's happening now. And and I, I've experienced, so I'm, I, I, I am a tree hugger, liberal, whatever, and I've done climate change research. I've been on the forefront and, and I've been willing to listen to people that don't necessarily agree a hundred percent with everything that the more activist climate change people are. And then I find, I found myself getting attacked Did you? as someone that doesn't adhere to the climate change dogma. Oh, cause you, so, you stepped outside of the, of the accepted exactly. group, group, group speak. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And it was like, Holy shit! Are you fucking kidding me? You're like, do you know the you work under- I've done in this space? Yeah, do you understand? Like, I, I have, I have briefed like utility executives and legislatures on the climate change subject, and you're coming at me, yeah. saying that I am because well, everybody's to- everybody's a you know PhD level online. Yeah, so. and and so again, like getting back to your question to me, you know, who am I looking at? I, I, I admire someone like, like Joel. I actually admire a lot of the people that, that do the long form podcasting. That's why I'm interested in doing this kind of yeah. thing. So, so th- there are a lot of people out there who are getting, uh, 30 seconds or two minutes of a conversation like this. And then it gets put into a meme or some, you know, media thing. So, you know, people like Sam Harris, people like Joe Rogan, Mm -hmm. um, people like, um, I mean, I, I, I'm probably speaking heresy right now to my, my lefty friends. I I listen to Ben Shapiro and that dude makes sense to me a lot of times. But again, like I, I like this longer form conversation format means of, uh, getting to the real nuts and bolts of things as opposed to whatever is happening more on social media and then even just the the general media front where it's just this like 
feeding frenzy on like fuck you no fuck you yeah. like like i i'm done with that I'm, yeah. I'm done with that and if that's where people are going like i i don't want to have well i'm being a hypocrite right there by saying like i don't want to have a conversation with you but i i just i i find it very difficult to to interact with someone or actually you know here's the direction that i want to i want to be the person that can help someone that's in that fixed position Mm -hmm. to dismantle that, you know? So if, if I want to be able to have a conversation with someone that is at first so rigid in what their belief system is, and then 45 minutes later is now willing to open up to like, Oh, you know what? I didn't think about it that way. I'll I'll look at it differently. So that's, that's who I want to be. Cool. I think this is the perfect platform for that. Obviously. I I agree. Because, it seems that, like you said, people will listen to 30 seconds or two minutes of a conversation or whatever and immediately formulate an opinion of what was said amongst the entire conversation. And that's not accurate. And you see it happening. Like Sam Harris got caught up in that. Yep. There was some podcast, you know, I think he was doing with like Jordan Peterson. Yeah. And uh, they were talking about uh, just some sociological, you know, an anthropological situation. In society, and somebody listened to just that portion of it and thought they were being super racist. I think it was against Jewish people or something, and mm-hmm. and that, that wasn't the context. It's like the con, like if they were listening to the whole thing, it made it per- it was a very sensible uh, conversation, and it's just stuff like that. You know, it's um, I think the long form. The more people pay attention, and the more they realize, like, hey, these two people can sit down. They don't see eye on a lot of things, or maybe some things, but not all, or, or maybe all of them, and maybe their best friends, or whatever it may be. But they can flush out. Uh, ideas and then like you said over maybe the course of 45 minutes you know somebody can have a change of perspective right i've I've certainly benefited from that being on the road and i've also i've also benefited from having my ego in check by some people like we were talking about this morning sometimes i'll get asked like what do you do i'm like i live in my truck and if they know nothing else about what i'm up to they're just kind of go "Mm." you know and i'm like it's not i'm actually doing it for myself like i'm you know it's it's one thing i want choice i want to do it Yeah. yeah and uh and i've met a bunch of other people that want to do it as well. And my assumptions about those people when I first started doing this full time is completely wrong yeah. than, than, than what I've met. Yeah. So I think it's fun how life can teach you lessons like that. I wasn't, like I've said a million times, I wasn't planning to go this direction in my life, but it's like I've gone this direction and it's opened my eyes to so much more new stuff. I'm like, well, I just need to keep going in this direction because right. my, my eyes were shut previously. And it's, it's energizing and it is, it is revealing. And, um, I, I think someone, it's totally possible for someone living in a a single location in an urban or a rural environment to open up their eyes. Mm -hmm. But I I do think that there's a unique opportunity in the way that we're living in in migrating to different areas, nomadic living, whatever you want to call it, um, where it's it's a really energizing, revealing experience to be able to... I, I mean, I, I feel like I can melt into any situation and, and get along and fi- have interesting conversations and be curious. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I'm, and, and it's like I'm training myself to do this by, by living this way. Um, and the road is showing me the way. You know, that there's, there's a thread that I'm pulling on by living this way that um, I continue to want to – um, engage and challenge my assumptions. My my assumption, and I want to challenge other people's assumptions too. I love to argue. I mean, yeah. Well, and you're good at it, and you're, and you're doing it in a respectful manner. So I've always appreciated that about you, Ben. Right on.
Cool. Well, I think we covered some pretty good stuff All here. All right, yeah. Deep shit. Yeah. Deep well, shit. Got more deep shit to come, but yep. and also deep snow to come with this uh, off-grid location. I I'm, know. I'm probably going to do the same thing as you, man. I may do like a week here out of every month, and then you do three weeks in the southwest, you know, or yep. come here for a couple weeks and then maybe do six weeks out or something. Yeah. So we'll see, but I'm excited for what happens. Yeah, you and me both. Cool, man. All right, brother. All right, take care.